Welcome to How Stories Work with Jay Shear and this show, which is all about our top stories from 2021. This is sort of a transition episode going from the Story Geeks podcast to How Stories Work with Jay Shear. So I invited some of my former co-hosts and some of our supporters of the Story Geeks podcast to come hang out with us and give us their top stories of 2021. We have movies, TV shows, comic books. So if you supported the Story Geeks over at patreon.com slash the Story Geeks, that account will actually be closing and now I'm going to be opening up a new account for patreon.com slash how stories work and I should point this out um, this show does have an aftercast we talk spoilers about spider-man this is a pretty spoiler free show we're just telling you what we really liked in 2021 but we do have a spoiler section of the show that comes in the aftercast so be sure to check out the aftercast that will be on patreon.com slash how stories work and Josh Taylor, uh, Daryl Smith and I had a really fun time talking about Spider-Man no way home. So hopefully you enjoy this show. Please support me over at patreon.com slash how stories work in the meantime, enjoy this show. Justin Weaver agreed to co-host this podcast with me and he's here. How are you, Justin? Hey, I'm doing wonderfully. And there's not going to be much dialogue around my son because he came out in 2020. So uh, I, I'm sticking mm, to things that happened. Yeah. In 2021. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm glad you, I'm glad you clarified that. Um, and thank you for joining me. It's always fun to talk to Justin. My other co-host who agreed to join me is Daryl Smith. Daryl Smith. Thank you for joining me. How are you doing, sir? Should I do the dance like Justin did? <laughs> how did yeah, you do if it? you want to if you want to if you're listening to the audio you really want to see justin and daryl dancing yeah no one wants to see that <laughs> i i want to see a daryl and justin tiktok dance uh account that's now my thing i'll get ready to wait <laughs> so daryl but you're good you're doing well yeah man i'm doing good also joining us today mike biondo is here mike biondo one of the best real estate agents in the san diego area by the way how are you mike I'm great. How are you doing, Jay? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for joining me, Mike. And then Josh Taylor, Modern Mouse himself, is also here. Josh, how are you, sir? I'm really delightful. Uh, I'm ha I'm excited to talk about stuff. It seems like this entire year, I was actually reminiscing about this this past weekend. There are things that came out in like April of this year that seemed like it was five years ago. Yeah. So I totally. feel like we're going to be talking about the last decade of good stuff, but really it was just this year. Yeah. yeah and there's a lot of things I think that people like totally slept on. So let's go ahead and kick this off guys. Let's go ahead and talk about our top stories from 2021. Um, I'm just going to go around the horn here. So Justin, I'll start with you. Oh, uh, I should say one more thing too. And this is, this is actually really important to say. Um, Justin has not I'm seen Spider-Man, the Shut latest Spider-Man. Yeah, he has not seen it. He has a kid. <laughs> Justin has a kid. He has a job. He has very important things going on. He has an awesome sweater. I'm, I'm already very ashamed. So <laughs> I, I understand what I've done. <laughs> but we are not going to talk spoilers about any of the things that we talk about. But Justin, what is your number five? My number five is Shang-Chi, Marvel's Shang-Chi. There were a couple things about Shang-Chi that made it really special to me. And I think part of it is that it was the first movie I went back to the theaters to see. Going back and seeing a Marvel movie, a spectacular, it was genuinely funny. Like I laughed mm. out loud more than I expected. It was really exciting. And just even when we get into 
the family drama and the lessons that Shang-Chi in particular and his sister needed to learn, I felt like it was a better movie than it had to be. Mm. Um, I, I think they put more work into it than they needed to for, you know, what could have just been a passable superhero movie. So I really enjoyed it. It made my top five. It would have made my top five easily if it had stopped before it got to halfway through. Because there's, there's, a, there's a point about halfway through where the film takes a kind of different sort of direction. Not like, not like it changes the, the nature of the film so much, because all the same things that you said that you like, Justin, are, are the through line to that entire thing. But the location shift. And when that happened, for some reason, it took me completely out of it. Because I was... I mean, the opening scene, the opening fight scene, oh, I shouldn't say the opening fight scene, but the fight scene where they're on the bus, one of the best Marvel fight scenes that you've ever seen. Like, it's yeah. amazing. Um, and then for whatever reason, I, it lost some of those elements for me moving forward. So it didn't even make my honorable mentions. But if if you just took that, that you should see Shang-Chi just for the first half of it, in my opinion, because Justin's saying it's in the top five. I'm saying I didn't make mine honorable mentions. However that fight scene is one of the best in Marvel history. So just FYI. Anybody else have any thoughts about Shang-Chi? I'm probably the opposite of you. I probably liked the second half more than I liked the first half. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, well, I, I guess without getting into spoilers, I yeah. like... Um, there are things that happen in the second half that don't happen in the first half, part of, partially because of that location shift. Hmm. So, And I think I enjoyed those types of things more than the rest of it i enjoyed yeah. the whole thing my son loved it he thinks it's the best movie he's ever seen so that's awesome that was great well the animation around the the um the 10 rings too is really cool because if you told oh, me yeah. like hey hey look my superpower is i have 10 rings i'm like what doesn't make any sense but the way that they the way that they use that is is really really cool josh you you had some thoughts about that because it almost made your top five it did yeah uh shang chi i'm kind of with you actually jay i think that the first half of this film specifically the bus fight is incredible and i'm usually um with marvel and this will become a theme <laughs> on my list <laughs> that marvel is at its best when it's not action like mm. i think it's best when it's much more um psychological conversational mm. and i think that's because we're so used to in general not just in marvel movies but action sequences being so quick with the camera cuts yeah it's so refreshing to see a fight scene just play out um it really harkens back to classic kung fu cinema and that felt really refreshing and that's i think that's to me why i think it's some of the best fight choreography in i mean there might have been better fight choreography but the cameras cut so quickly i don't see it all or they're zoomed in so close yeah so that bus fight was just incredible and the uh the fight scene like on the side of the building um amazing film like i loved i with you i think the first half holds up way better than the second half um but i in the whole movie in general i just enjoyed yeah yeah so recommendation go see shang chi you will probably enjoy it now mike did you even see shang chi this year I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it, now it's still on Disney Plus, as far as I know, right? It is. Yeah, so you can go watch yeah, it okay. for free. Plus. So it's I'll, not like a paid thing. Yeah, I'll check it out there. Then, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and then and then you can let us know, Mike, if, if you <laughs> like the second half better and you're on Team Daryl, if you like the first half better and you're on yeah. Team Josh and, then and Jay. The other option is just enjoying the whole thing and you're on <laughs> Team Justin. Shut <laughs> up, Justin. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Daryl, what is your five? What is your number five? 
Uh, I'm kind of making these up as I go as far as what, what numbers what, but um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Free Guy. Ooh. Mm. The Ryan Reynolds movie, Free Guy. So, yeah. sorry, I have a cat crawling on my desk. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but I thought it was just going to be like a stupid, like funny Ryan Reynolds movie, you know, Mm. but it had a lot of heart and a really fun story and some great shout outs and cameos and stuff. And I actually like enjoyed the heck out of it. Yeah, that's cool. Did anybody else have free guy on their list? Not on my list, but again, another one I think is, I think it's actually one of the most original film ideas of the year. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. And, and a uh, bit of positivity, you know, like a lot yeah. more positivity than anything else. It was much needed in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. And sure. it's, it is basically the perfect Ryan Reynolds vehicle, <laughs> right? Like yeah. if you were to say like, what would you like to see Ryan Reynolds do? It's like that, that's, that's great. Ryan Reynolds, you know, like, um, so yeah, it didn't, it almost made my honorable mentions. It didn't quite make my honorable mentions. Um, but I will say that, probably even better than ready player one which included a lot of franchises really really well free guy free guy the way that it included the franchises the different franchises and the way it used those for humor spectacular like great way to use to use humor there i would say it's better than ready player one for me because it's just a lot more fun sam exactly exactly yeah um, so let's move on to so, uh, Josh. What is your, uh, your number five? I watched probably a lot more animation than most people did mm-hmm. this year. Um, but my number five, and, and this isn't all animation, by the way, but like my number five is an animated movie. It's the Mitchells versus the Machines. Um, ah, I think it had a really interesting good. story about, you know, how we use technology and devices. Wrong's Gone Wrong was another animated film that kind of had a similar premise, but mm. the Mitchells and the Machines is a prettier movie. It's a, a better movie in general. And I think it has kind of in the same line as Daryl. I think there's a lot of heart to that film that overall has just a really heartwarming message. And by the, the end of it, you just like, I had a fun time. This was just fun. And it's a movie I could watch over and over again. That came up on a lot of lists that I was looking at. Daryl, is that in your top five? Uh, no, but I really enjoyed it. And yeah. we really enjoyed Ron's Gone Wrong too. So I, I thought they were both great. And see, those that's two that They're I miss. Good. So the fact that you guys are recommending them are like, I got to go see that because, yeah, that, that yeah. sounds awesome. And Mitchell's is on uh, Netflix and Ron's Gone Wrong is on Disney+. Plus. Oh, so. dude, easy. That's awesome. Yep. Um, cool. That's very cool. So that's a good recommendation for me. I'm going to go watch that this weekend probably. Uh, Mike, how about you? Do you have a top five? Do you have a number five for us? I um, <clears throat> Not so much a movie, more of the TV Ah, side yes. of things yes mine's tv as well with a, with a three-year-old it's hard to get out of the movies and you know <laughs> i'm pausing every time so um a couple of mine well i'll go with probably my number five i guess a little on the totem pole uh-huh. is the the new show called ghosts oh yes it's more of a sitcom so it's not quite yeah uh, it's more the perspective that the show comes from okay so i i don't know how much we want to divulge into it i don't want to give anything away yeah yeah but it's basically from the perspective of the ghosts that are haunting this old home <laughs> and how they're trying to come to terms with who they are what's going on not so much the, from the perspective of the homeowner who's freaked out you know so it's <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of funny to see it from their point of view and all these different personalities come together from different times in um 
the world, you know, from uh, the, the, the Vikings to some lawyer from the 90s, you know, that sort of thing. And they're all kind of cohabiting together. So that was probably one of the um, honorable mentions in mine. Or yeah, number, number five. five. Yeah. yeah, that, that um, I, it's so interesting because I am a, I'm a cable cutter. So I, I don't have network TV until it comes out on Netflix. I have no clue what's going on. Um, and, and it's good to hear, it's good to hear some recommendations coming from that. Cause like, I, I won't even have recommendations from network TV, you know, like, so that's perfect. I'm glad I'm glad. And I'm always looking for a good sitcom too, by the way, cause there's so few good sitcoms that I actually want to spend time watching. It's, so. it's different. There's no laugh track on it, which I am a fan of. Right. And it's, um, it's so quick that you gotta be, you gotta like, really dive in and listen to it otherwise you're going to miss something so that's really anyway. good that's really good okay so so netflix please buy ghosts so i can actually watch it <laughs> i believe it's a if it's a cbs production it would end up on paramount plus right hopefully it ends up somewhere anyways my number five by the way is also a tv show um i have not even finished this show yet uh but i really enjoy it for whatever reason I'm, I'm getting a big kick out of it and i think season two is a lot better than season one and it just came out which is why i haven't finished it yet but the witcher um the witcher season one uh is very confusing it's based on a series of books um and some some video games and it's it's about uh it's basically the lead character it's you know picture game of thrones but the lead character is a witcher who hunts monsters by the way, does anybody else have Witcher in their top five? Okay, so the this Witcher character hunts monsters, and the monsters are like, I don't remember, I believe it's like uh, Polish myths. So like these are mythical creatures from Poland uh, or or that area of the world. I don't know, I don't know exactly if it's Poland, but um, but it is. Uh, it's really it, the first season was crazy confusing because there's actually three different timelines. And they don't tell you that there's three different timelines. So you're just watching through the series being super confused. Like, where are these people and what are they doing? Where are these people? And where? Because the Witcher is, he stays the same. So he's in, he's in the timelines. And so you don't know that they, these are different people. But anyways, season two um, is off to a great start. It is far better than season one. And I am thoroughly enjoying it. So that's uh, my number five there. Um, I'm going to go back kind of in the same order I went before. So Justin, what is at your number four? My number four I'm anticipating is on Daryl's list was A Quiet Place Part Two. Oh, Daryl, is that on your list? Uh, I didn't put it on my list, but uh, it sounds like it a, is now. That's a good assumption. That's a good assumption. <laughs> is it on anybody else's list? Quiet Place Two? I didn't see it. I haven't seen it yet. So talk about it, Justin. Why, sh why should we watch it? So uh, it picks up right where A Quiet Place left off and continues the story of this little family in this horrendous world. Um, we get a little bit of a flashback into before it all happened. Um, and what I was thinking about was just that I, I was kind of thinking back to a little bit of theology where it's like different thoughts on like, how does sin affect the world? Like there's this sin that affects um, uh, just creation and like storms and death and just natural occurrences. And then there's sin of like horrible choices that people make and things like that. And I think this movie kind of dives into that idea where they're still living in this scenario of these aliens and monsters, kind of the natural thing that's happening, but then they, the world gets bigger. So you mm. get, you meet more people and uh, I, you know, similar to something like the walking dead where 
some camps, uh, some people are mm. seeking to live well and righteously. Some people are living very viciously. And so you get to watch this family walk through a little bit of a bigger world. And I really enjoyed it. Nice. And Daryl, you said it almost made your top five and you were well, skeptical about this. You were, you did not know if okay. you wanted a quiet place too. Yeah. Here's okay. So here's the thing for those that don't know a quiet place. The first one is literally my favorite movie of all time. Um, partially because it has heart and it has legacy, which you'll hear me talk about more tonight. I apologize for that. But um, <laughs> those are things that I really love in storytelling. The second one uh, to be honest, the reason it's not on my list is because I forgot. It's because I, I had 10 minutes to throw my list together and there's just <laughs> no way I could remember everything that came out this year. But I don't know that it would have made my list just because I think because I love the first one so much mm. and because um, has everybody seen the first one? Can yeah. I, okay. Because John I did Krasinski, see that. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> because Lee, John Krasinski's character died. Um, the a lot of the legacy elements that were in that one are not in the second one. The second one still has heart for sure, but it, it definitely has more of the kind of survival, like Justin was talking about, like people doing terrible things, almost a little bit of walking dead kind of mm. vibes to it. Masterfully told story, like so fun to watch. I own it. Great. I love it. But, um, but yeah, there's probably some sort of deep psychological reason that it, did not occur to me <laughs> maybe because it's not made by marvel because it seems like everything that came out this year was made by marvel yeah so. holy cow a lot of a lot a lot of marvel um well daryl while, while we're still on what's your number four while we're still with you yeah so for my number four speaking of heart and legacy um and technically i'm not this is similar to your witcher thing so this show's in season three right now and i'm not mm. done with it i'm only two episodes in but i love the show so much and it's uh, Netflix's Lost in Space. Oh, yeah. So I love that show. I remember watching the first season of it. And I'm like, I was thinking, I care more about these characters than I've cared about lots of characters that I've watched before. Like, they just, they really make you care about that family. So, and it's still true. Like, I'm only a few episodes in on the third season, and it's still great. So I'm just happy to have that show back. That's cool. I've seen a little bit of season one, but that's all about, uh, I haven't seen a lot more than that. Anybody else, anybody else a fan of Lost in Space? I'm a fan, but I, it's not on my list. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. That's a good choice. Well, I'm, what I'm surprised by is, uh, and I think this is going to hold true a lot of the way through this, through this show is how many TV shows are going to be on this list. Cause I don't think if you took yeah. me back 10 years ago, if you took me back five years ago, it would be almost entirely movies for me. Um, but you know, just a little bit of a spoiler alert, four of my top five are all TV shows. <clears throat> so that was my last one. That was my oh. last TV show. My last oh, well then maybe, maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe we'll have a bunch more movies. Um, Josh, what's your number four? Uh, before I get to that, I just want to say, I think it also part of that, comes from the lack of the theater going experience yeah i think that that you know is a huge part of it watching a film now feels like you're watching a tv show but now you're not as invested because instead of 10 hours you're only getting two hours of a film so i think it's a different experience and how well, we're experiencing media anyways i think i think you're 100 right about that and to double down on that we are and you and i have talked about this in other conversations josh if you're if you're looking for anything that 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 needs to have a smaller budget in order to make money, it is not going to the theaters. 
The only yeah. thing that you're, you're like, you there are independent films that are going to theaters, but they're not even getting wide release these days. So back in the nineties, you used to see independent films go wild and get, make all kinds of money. You're not seeing that anymore. So the real, the real shot people have is because all of these, these channels, all of these providers need content so bad, they're buying a lot of stuff that doesn't have as big of budgets. So that's another contributing factor is that everybody's waiting to release these big budget movies and they're waiting for the theater. Um, and that, and that, by the way, has been backfiring because of COVID, right? So um, hopefully that's recovered a little bit because Spider-Man did really well over the weekend. So hopefully we're going back to kind of a norm there, but all of those things. So yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out. What's your, what's your number four? Uh, number four is, uh, I'm, I guarantee nobody else has this on the, <laughs> on there. Um, I'm a huge nonfiction person. I love nonfiction and especially yeah. if it's a story tell, told in interesting ways because it is difficult to tell a nonfiction story in ways that are not the same. Mm. Um, but this is by far my favorite documentary I saw this year, which was Roadrunner, the Anthony Bourdain documentary. Yeah. Um, I saw it in theaters. It's the first time I ever like bought it to get to see a documentary in theaters. And it was fascinating um, because it talks about the rise from him just being a local sous chef in New York all the way up till his death and kind of the legacy that comes from that um, and how people how people drive themselves into basically insanity mm. uh, and how isolating it can be to, to be a celebrity um, when you're not prepared for that. Yeah. Um, it was an eye-opening documentary and a, I was always a huge fan of Anthony Bourdain anyway. So th- I mean, of course I was going to like this, but it was the kind of film that you walk away with asking more questions than getting mm. answers and I love that kind of thing. So for me, this was like a top tier story of the year, even though it's a real story. That's awesome. And and we could go, we could go on. Well, maybe we will in the honorable mentions because I saw at least three or four documentaries that were phenomenal this year. So I'm glad you brought that up. It's always fun to talk about uh, documentaries. Um, so let's go to you, Mike. What is your number four? So I we started. Uh... I think two years ago. So anyway, we're we're picking back up on you, which is the Netflix oh. um, psychological thriller, I guess you call it. Yeah, about the guy who, who is from again, it's from the the murderer, the bad guy's <laughs> perspective. Yeah. So it, it, it's really interesting um, how they first of all, he's got inner inner dialogue monologue mm-hmm. going, so you can hear his thoughts and what he's thinking, um, which can't get boring times <laughs> but um but it's really interesting how you kind of get roped into why he's doing what he's doing and how you kind of start rooting for him versus him getting caught you know that sort of thing so my number four comes from a book property originally i have not read the books i watched the show it's on netflix i really enjoyed it um it is a lot of times uh a steampunk kind of um for some reason steampunk does not do well in it, when it comes out on 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 video, um, it tends to do really well in literary circles. It tends to do really well in video games, but then you put it in a show or you put it on a movie and it doesn't do that well. I don't know why that is, but I thought that Shadow and Bone was fantastic. So that's my number four. Did anybody else see Shadow and Bone? No, I think I heard good things, but I think they came from you. <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> it's a little bit young adult, right? It's a little bit young adult because the books were like kind of geared that way. But I was shocked because. 
I I don't think I had seen I've seen I think I've seen one of the actors. Uh one of the actors was from Punisher, um, actually from the Netflix series Punisher, um, in a sort of similar role. Um, but they're all phenomenal. They were all phenomenal actors in this thing. So um, that's my number four, and I would highly recommend it. Uh, Justin, what is your number three? My number three is Ted Lasso. Ah, which I don't feel like a great. Also Mike's number three. Perfect. Mike, you and I see eye to eye. We get this. So, um, <laughs> typically, I would say that this doesn't fall under the Story Geeks purview, but mm. I would argue that Ted Lasso is a superhero. And his superpower <laughs> is just empathy and kindness, um, which uh, I think somewhat like Free Guy is in short supply these days. So I, it's been just a, during this whole pandemic, watching Ted Lasso has been a wonderful thing. Um, the first season was an awesome introduction to the character. Second season was a deeper exploration into uh, the lead character and a bunch of the other characters and their relationships. And it is just way too much fun. That's awesome. I've been really wanting to watch that because I have had so many people tell me that that show is great. Um, and this is a really good, this is a really good segue because for those listening, the story geeks podcast is becoming how stories work with Jay Shear. And I'm really glad you said like, it doesn't, it, maybe it doesn't fit the story geeks. One of the reasons why I'm switching over, um, I have to give two updates and this is a really good segue to do it. The first update is a lot of the Story Geeks crew had massive changes um, come about in 2021. Um, and I mean, even Daryl was telling me um, when we, before we started the show, he goes, yeah, I've gone full time at work now. So, I mean, everybody has had, Justin has had a kid. Daryl has, has gone full time at work um, and devoting a lot of his time to that. We had a pandemic going on. Uh, I, Natalie Guzman, one of our co-hosts became a Disneyland ambassador, which is like a huge honor. So she's like doing all kinds of crazy travel and stuff. Um, I haven't talked to Scylla in a while. Scylla has been really, uh, overwhelmed at work as well. Scylla does a, Scylla is, uh, a counselor. So she has a lot of, I mean, you can imagine being a counselor in a pandemic. She's got a lot going on, right? And, and I need she's, some counseling right now. <laughs> yeah, I think we all do. We need Ted Lasso and Scylla. Um, is what we need. Um, but, uh, and then of course, um, Sandra Demas, um, ha has devoted a lot of her time to dance and is super into dance and, and hasn't been as much into the geek stuff. Um, Tim Wozni, who wanted to join us tonight, just texted me. Um, he moved, he moved twice. He moved once during the pandemic out to, to Colorado Springs and now he's back in San Diego. So, uh, he, so basically all of that's happening and one of the things that I was noticing for, in my own life was that I wanted to talk about some stories that weren't geek stories. And so we didn't have as much of a crew to talk with. Um, and I wanted to talk about some things that maybe weren't geek oriented. And so how stories work with Jay Shear kind of started to morph out of that. But of course, I'll be inviting these, these folks back to talk with me about a lot of these geek properties anyways, because we love these things. Um, so thanks for the segue, Justin. I appreciate that. And I Absolutely. really want to see Ted Lasso. So <laughs> I'm going to go do that. <laughs> Daryl, what is your number three? Well, I've spent a lot of this year probably reading these things behind me more than I have watching movies. Like I've been reading comics and building this wall a lot. <laughs> so I'm going to go it's an impressive wall. It's an impressive wall, sir. Yeah, you can't even really see all of it, but <laughs> it's an expensive wall. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so I'm going to go comics on this one, but I, I haven't yet decided which comic I'm going to go for. So 
Oh, this you, is an you, in you the just, moment. You decide. Do you want something like super obscure or something that you would kind of know? Oh, I want obscure at number three. Okay. Yeah. All right. Then we're going to go with this. Middle West. Is that backwards for you guys? It's backwards for me because I'm looking yeah, it's, at myself. It's, it's but, good here. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, it's good here too. So this book, um, yeah, this is Middle West. And this is this was a series of like single issues, but this is the full collected hardcover version. And I love this story because it's about this kid who has this like uncontrollable rage power inside of him that like manifests itself as these like dangerous lightning storms and tornadoes and stuff like that. And he gets it from his father Mm. who was like the worst father in the world, like abusive, hateful, but he didn't want to be. And so it's sort of a story of this kid getting away from his father and trying to become his own person and Mm. deal with the life that he led while having like this fantastical adventure with these like magical people and carnival workers and stuff like that. It's totally crazy. But this is one of the few comics that has ever actually made me cry reading. Wow. Because it's very impactful. So it sounds like it. It sounds amazing. Yeah. I'm assuming they didn't make anybody else's top five. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> did not. It was not my radar. <laughs> Mike's like, that's my number one, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cool. Well, Josh, what is it? What is it? Your number three? Uh, Mine is actually my last movie on this. So uh, the other top two are shows. All right. Um, I had to go back and forth on this one's the hardest one for me because I, again, back to animation. um, There was some good animation this year in general. Mm. My favorite animated film, though, I felt like was not for this podcast generally what's the best story mm. and i had to think about like what what was only not just the best story but also um the most full like as far as like the lore behind it and like uh how good the animation was everything like that and so mm. uh from disney i really did love encanto and from pixar i loved luca but i would say ryan the last dragon is the best story they told mm. its lore is so good and how they created this world um, how it's based loosely on Asian culture and Asian Asian mythology without necessarily completely pulling from that. Mm. Um, the characters in it, uh, Aquafina, being able to ad lib some of the stuff that she put in there was fantastic. And overall, um, I think it feels like seven years ago that that film came out. And nobody really has talked about it that much, but I think it's out of all the animated films, I think it's the best one as far as stories and how they wrote it and how it came to life mm. anybody else have that in the top five not in my top five but i completely agree i loved that movie and um i've always wanted disney and pixar to branch into like a full-blown adventure story mm. that, that was this that is willing to be a little bit darker and a little bit more serious and that was that movie and it was great also that sword super cool i want it <laughs> i need to see it still i have not seen it yet there's one of those things that i just didn't get around to seeing um that's great i'll I'll go check it out mike what is your what is number three for you well number three was ted lasso oh yeah that's right Um, but but real quick i i did see luca you mentioned luca josh yeah that was i thought that was that wasn't on my list but i thought that was a really good movie that was very good 
it was actually the first family movie that we all watched together. My, my daughter can actually sit still through the whole movie and watch <laughs> it. So that was special for us. That's awesome. <laughs> that was a great movie. Yeah. And, and we'll talk about that one again when we get to honorable mentions, because in my honorable mentions, I love that movie. And all, it, I have asterisks next to movies that almost made my top five. And it has an asterisk next to it because I thought Luca was really, really cool. Um, and a really good, really good message it had going along with it, too, which I thought was really fun. So, so my number three, I feel like it's as, I feel like it's as obscure as Daryl's comic because a lot of people, I do not feel like actually watched it at all. And I really like no way home. (laughs) No, that one's really popular. Um, no, my, mine is, uh, (laughs) Jupiter's legacy on Netflix. Mm. Um, Jupiter's legacy is not going to be something that people that a lot of people will enjoy. It's not like a Marvel property. It's much more like a DC, like DCEU type of property. But it takes place, um, it has a lot of legacy associated with it. It's in the name. But it has like how, how fathers and sons and mothers and daughters and all like the generations deal with one another. To top it off, it's part of it takes place in the 1920s, 30s, 40s, like that time frame. So you have this like, like the mummy or Indiana Jones kind of sensibilities, but also with the superheroes. So it's really hard for me not to like it because those are kind of the, some of the aesthetics that I really, really enjoy. And I just thought that one of the things that it did really well is a lot of movies and TV shows in the modern day, it, they will go after an audience by saying, we are for this audience, right? We are for people who have had trouble with an older generation. And so if you feel like you're an outcast, like this is for you. The one huge compliment as a storyteller I have for Jupiter's Legacy is it does not ever condemn anybody for their viewpoints or for their ways of behaving. What it instead encourages is that for those things to adapt. And it also gives you reason why some of those ways of behaving actually have some good outcomes. It may just be misapplied. So instead instead of saying something like, all of our grandparents are completely wrong about XYZ. It kind of goes, this is their perspective on XYZ. This is why they have that perspective. And here's why it actually worked in their world. And it may not apply to you, but there's some truth to it that you might want to think about. And I thought that that was crazy because we don't see that very often. We just usually like to see, I don't know if it goes along with the whole like woke part of our life or not, but like, it's usually like, whether it's woke or whether it's on the right, it's like, if you disagree with me, you're the worst. And it didn't do that. It like gave its characters flaws, but gave them good reasons for having them that we could actually sympathize and empathize with as opposed to just condemning them. So I really enjoyed Jupiter's legacy. It won't appear on any other list because it didn't get renewed. <laughs> so it's done. Um, but I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. Did anybody else watch it? I watched a little bit of it. And you didn't like it? No, I didn't like it. um but i didn't think i would like it because it's a mark Mm. miller story and i i just man that guy doesn't work for me but uh well he doesn't so to your point mark miller very rarely works for me um i most of mark miller's stuff uh, i do not like very much but this is this felt way different to me so i liked it a lot but um so if you if you think you might like something in the dceu that is not in the DCEU, but that kind of sensibility, 
you might like it. But then again, Daryl likes DCEU and he doesn't like this. So <laughs> I can't guarantee it. Um, but let's get into our, our number twos. Justin, what is your number two? My number two was Midnight Mass, which I don't anticipate oh, made it on oh. anyone else's. It Man. almost it almost it almost made mine, but it did not make mine. Okay. I'm I'm personally offended at myself that I did not put that on there. <laughs> I love that show. That was so I did good. watch it by the way. Even though I do not like horror stuff, I did watch it and I did really enjoy it. So Justin, tell us about why you liked it. Um, so I am so on board with the creator Mike Flanagan now. Uh, after the haunting of Hill House and the haunting of Bly Manor, I couldn't have been more excited about the show. The three. Um, but I love that he had been working on this for about a decade. Hmm. Looks like I'm frozen. You're frozen, but it's all right. Yeah, I can hear you. You cut out for a sec. Did you say that it's your favorite of the three or it's not? The it's best my, the it's my third favorite. Third it's probably favorite. my third okay. favorite, um, of the three. Um, but I was so excited about this show because he's been working on it for over a decade. Um, it is it has little cameos in other movies and projects as a book on the shelf. And <laughs> he had thought it would be a book for a while, a movie, and no one would buy it until he had the success of Hill House and Bly Manor. And so it's really an exploration of religion and relationships um, and addiction and recovery. Um, and it feels like in some ways kind of reading his journal uh, when you know that he is I think he said he was uh, three and a half years sober now. Um, he used to be an altar boy. So there's a lot of his life written into that show. Um, plus it has monsters and it's just super creepy. <laughs> so yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think yeah, it's I, my favorite of his three. Yeah. I, it was just like, you have no idea what to expect watching that show. Like there's so many directions it could go. And it's just it's a bonkers show in such yes, a good way a show that could truly easily be spoiled in many ways um yeah. and i was so pleased that you know i just blitzed through it and didn't have anything spoiled for me yeah i could not get through an episode of um haunting a phil house because it was, i just had too much anxiety like it was just crazy like i don't do well with horror you guys know i don't do well with horror um i watched a few episodes of bly manor uh and felt like that this storyteller i forget his name justin what's his name mike flanagan mike flanagan i go this guy can have two people in a room and make it as fascinating of a discussion as as philosophically theologically spiritually compelling as you can possibly make a conversation uh which is right up my alley of course um, so, so Mike Flanagan stopped doing things that scare the hell out of me because I want to watch your stuff. Um, but this didn't, this didn't, this didn't scare the hell out of me at all. This, this was, yeah. um, it, it's scary, but it, the, there's much more tension in the interworkings of the lies that people are holding on to, the truth that people are holding on to, the relationships that have been damaged in this community and how they've been damaged and how they may or may not be recovering from that damage. And that stuff's really, really, really compelling that's shrouded in, in this sort of geek horror, uh, you know, kind of um, setting. So, yeah, I, I like that a lot, too. I, I didn't make my top five, but I, I really enjoyed it. I think what I liked about it, too, is a lot of times, even with his other two shows and with lots of other shows, 
when there's so much mystery surrounding what's going on, mm. you sort of like build up this crazy outcome that could happen in your head. But the whole time you're telling yourself, they're not really going to do that. And like, <laughs> they never do. And so I don't want to spoil anything, but I would argue that in this show, they do that. They totally it's do it. as crazy as you yes. want it to be. <laughs> That's a really good point. Uh, Josh, wait, 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 no, I'm on Daryl, aren't I? Daryl, what's your number two? My number two um, is uh, The Eternals. Really? Not, sorry, not The Eternals, just Eternals. Um, oh, not, not The Eternals. Please obscure... defend this film yeah. for me. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I know everybody hates shots, it. Shots understand. fired. I don't know why. I mean, I guess not everybody hates it, but yeah, I, I don't, I didn't get why it was so divisive. I thought, I mean, it's definitely different. It doesn't fit the Marvel mold, which some people think is good. Some people think is bad. I don't think that's either good or bad, but I just thought that it was like a beautiful film. I thought it was a really interesting film. I thought it was kind of a little bit deeper and more psychological than a lot of the Marvel films in some ways. But I still thought like, the fight like jay you were talking about the fight scene on the bus in shang chi oh yeah yeah i think the fight scene at the end of eternals is one of the best fight scenes that marvel has ever had really and um i don't know i mean similar to lost in space like i just i cared about these characters really quickly Mm. so and i just thought they did a great job and i love the aesthetic of it and i is it makari is that the name of the character that runs really fast yeah so their use of makari is easily the best flash movie that's ever been made like mm. nobody I, else I has, agree with that. no one else Thank has done that so well so. <laughs> nice josh you so, don't like it you don't like eternals i want to love eternals uh i think that some of these characters are su- like to daryl's point they're super interesting and like mm. i've fell in love with a lot of these characters but because it's only a two-hour movie or two-and-a-half-hour movies, whatever it is, and there's 10 Eternals, I don't get enough time with these characters that I really, like, it left me wanting more, which mm. I guess is a good thing, but I want more now. <laughs> like That's true, yeah. Uh, it would work you know, as a like, TV I, show. I wish it had been, I think because Marvel chose to do shows now, it really, for me, was like, this made more sense to be a show. And the fact that it was chosen to just be a film was a bit of a letdown. Mm. Um, I don't think, I think the best parts of this film in particular were the conversations, the psychology about like, do you help, don't you help kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but those things I feel like were kind of left in the dust for more of the action based ideas in it. And um, that kind of left me feeling a bit flat on it mm. at the mm. end. But I wish it yeah, was a it, show. I I want to love this film. It would make a great show. I would not argue with that. I still love it as a film, but it would definitely make a great show. But what I almost worry could have happened if they made a show out of it. So there was a time in the past when there was this Marvel TV show that they were so excited was coming out and they released the premiere episode of it in the theater. And Jay and I went to see it. We did, yeah. And it was the worst thing in the world. And that, you remember the Inhumans? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so show. this is not too far from that. Like, it's fairly, it's a similar vibe. So mm. that was one of the things I was worried about going into it. So 
I don't know, maybe, maybe somewhere deep down, that's part of why I loved it so much because it was so not the Inhumans, you know? <laughs> just being the Inhumans gets bonus points. Just not being the Inhumans. Um, Mike, what, or sorry, Josh, what is your number two? Uh, number two for me is uh, WandaVision. Oh, does anybody else have WandaVision in the top five? Honorable mention. You have an honorable mention. I have an Justin's, honorable mention. Justin it's my it. number one. Hey. Justin has it as number one. It was Justin. gonna be. It was gonna be my number one. It was let's, close. We can go ahead. Let's let's hold off on talking about it until we circle back to Justin's number one because I, I want to yeah. talk about it too. Um, Mike, what is your what is your number two? My number two, and I don't know if this counts or not. We're we just started it. Uh-huh. It's still so. There's four seasons. They're still filming, but we just started season one. Season two. We're on season two now, but it's Yellowstone. Oh, I've heard good mm. things about Yellowstone. Yeah. So I don't want I don't want any spoilers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. I'm not I'm halfway in season two yet, but it's basically about a ranch, a family that runs this ranch, and um, it's it's kind of like you love these characters, but they're 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 bad at the same time, uh. and it, it's almost a, the 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 one character that I think everyone wants to fall in love with and love is um, his name is Jamie. And um, it is just a direct correlation in my mind to Jax Teller from Sons of Anarchy. It's very similar uh, in that sense where he's like this, trying to be the best person he can, even though he's got all these influences that might be pulling him one way or the other and, you know, may not be the best influences. So he's trying to break some molds. But anyway, it's, mm. I think it's very well done. Um, there's, there's like, it's, it, it's, it's a dad and like three or four kids that run the kids young adults that run the farm mm. and you're in each of these stories and you're seeing from their perspectives on what they want to do and how they're trying to get to the end goal and you know one person loves the farm but hates the dad the other kid loves the dad but hates the farm and you know it's <laughs> that's awesome that's great so, that, I, I really want to see that because i've heard really good things about it so, so far I, I think it's great so far yeah it sounds it sounds awesome um I think that my number two is going to show up on, I think it's going to show up on some of you guys' lists. So I'm going to throw it out there. We might delay talking about it, but my number two is Loki. Anybody it's else not have on my list? Not on your list. It's in my no. honorable mentions. It's in my honorable mentions too. I, in an effort to not have an entirely Marvel list, I pretty yeah. much set aside all of the Disney plus stuff <laughs> for the honorable mention section. Yeah. But I will say I love all of it. well let let me say so we can talk about loki now then so i will say this about loki um unless i'm forgetting a show my favorite show marvel show of all time is still daredevil uh daredevil is amazing um but loki is my second favorite marvel show of all time i love this show um the fact that it goes through uh multiple different kinds of relationships there's twists and turns that quite frankly i did not expect and we're all we're all very engaged in this stuff right so if you can surprise me with something that's saying something because you know josh has a has a show on his network where they talk about what could possibly happen in in, in these marvel shows and so we're just talking about this all the time so the so anytime that we can be surprised I think that's a really, really, really cool thing. And I was surprised multiple times with Loki. Cannot wait for a, a second season. Um, have completely fallen in love with all of the characters in that show. I mean, I, I, I love Owen Wilson, so that's easy for me. But um, Tom Hiddleston, like, 
took Loki to the next level for me. Like he's just amazing in that role. Uh, and then the cast of characters they build up around him, fantastic. Um, and then the character, I won't spoil it because I know some people haven't seen it all, but the character that shows up in the last few episodes, phenomenal. Cannot wait to see that character some more. Um, and the actor that plays that character, great. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. But Loki made my my number two. Any other thoughts on Loki before we move on to our number ones? Here's why it didn't make mine. Okay. He, and, and this is this is why for me, WandaVision made two and Loki didn't make the list because they're very similar for me. Mm. Um, and I would I would probably rank them as the top two Marvel shows I saw this year. Okay. Um, but Loki doesn't feel like it's done. Right? It's like, not, right? There's a second it's not, season. Yeah, coming. season two is, right. is going to come. But like WandaVision is a complete story and it's done. Yeah. And for me, I think that's why I was like, I, I, I'm holding off on this until I feel like I've seen the whole story. Yeah. I totally get that. I totally get that. And I, I think that, um, WandaVision was a roller coaster for me because WandaVision was, it was, let's go ahead and transition into that. Cause I know Justin, that's your number one. Uh, and Josh, that was your number two. Um, in fact, I'll let you guys start. I'll, I'll tell you what I thought of WandaVision, but I want to hear what Justin thought of it first. And first, Josh, were you on the podcast that talked about WandaVision? Four was I? I don't yeah. think I was. <laughs> I, I couldn't remember. I feel like I've listened to you talk about WandaVision, but that might just be totally wrong. Um, it was like eight years ago, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, man, what is there not to love about WandaVision? Um, I love the playing with the genres. I loved the playing with storytelling tropes um, that she rolls the credits when she's done with a conversation. Um, that it's just an exploration of grief, um, that it meaningfully continues the story of the MCU and its characters. Um, WandaVision, in my mind, was the perfect show to start um, the Disney Plus Marvel shows with because it just led in such a strong, exciting, surprising, satisfying way that still left me wanting more but completely satisfied with what I had been given. Mm. What about you, Josh? Um, yeah, I think part of, so part of this is also to me, I agree, uh, everything with Justin, I agree with. Um, I think though, this was that pole event similar to Game of Thrones where it was like, you have to watch this show. Um, the spoilers were insane by like 4 a.m. in the morning. Um, <laughs> And it was a show that just felt like collectively we were all watching, which, you know, back in the days where there were only three channels on TV, that was a norm. But like now it feels really weird that we're all watching something together again, mm -hmm. which the camaraderie and community behind that made it that much better. Um, but the, the psychological idea behind all of this, exploring grief, exploring loneliness and sadness, um, and I would say that, you know, Loki does that too. Um, Hawkeye and uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier all explore kind of darker parts of psychology. But Wanda and Vision do it so well. Um, the high point of the show is when they're sitting on the bed and having that conversation, you know, what is love if not, or what is grief if not love pers uh, persevering, is one of the best lines in any television show ever. Um, it is week to week, 
always changing, always trying to be something new. It never sat on the same thing over and over. So it was a constantly moving arc. Um, it didn't have the land. It didn't stick the landing the way I think a lot of people wanted it to. But in general, I could watch that show over and over again and still be absolutely satisfied with it. Mm. I agree with um, everything that you guys have said, and the performances in that show were great. I, I personally could watch an entire show with just Darcy because I think that she's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, the one thing that uh, it was a roller coaster for me, and this is why Loki edges out because WandaVision's in my honorable mentions. Um, at first, I thought that, that Marvel was just going to do the aesthetic of the TV shows, and there was not going to be no intense story to it. So I'm watching the show, and I'm going like, I'm not here for just like a funny sitcom. Like that's weird. Oh, I was. Yeah, you totally were. I was yeah. not. I was just like, I'm out. Um, but then night the whole time, make it night, make <laughs> it night all all over again. Um, but it didn't do that. It didn't, it, it went really deep and I, and I loved that part of it. And it, it kept going a little bit deeper and exploring that grief and going in. And I think that, um, the, the last comment that you guys kind of made was that it didn't quite stick the landing. And there were some, there were some elements of that where my least favorite thing about the Marvel franchise is that it will make you believe when it's this is when the marvel franchise i believe is at its worst it it, it breaks this sometimes but doesn't often it will make you believe that the characters are going to stay in their trauma and grief and have to deal with it in some way and it almost always bails them out it always bails them out in a way that now i'm not mad at them anymore i'm i feel good about it i'm really happy and that is i can't stand that when marvel does that and so I think one division is phenomenal, but it does. And, it, and, and, and if you said, if you stopped it at episode nine, I'd have been like, yeah. dude, we are talking awesome show here. Then they went into episode 10 and I'm like, I mean, you kind of, you kind of, you kind of let some people off the hook here. Uh, and that's the only, that's the, my only criticism of it, but I really love one division too. I think it's, it's a phenomenal show. Um, good stuff. Good stuff. Daryl, what is your number one? My number one um, is uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. My number one is also Spider-Man No Way Home. Which I can't say a whole lot about. <laughs> which we won't say a whole lot about. But, but, but you I can't will even say... talk about the first 15 minutes of this film. <laughs> you, no, you, can't. you really can't. Yeah. What I can say about it is I think this is the best thing I've ever seen Tom Holland do. And I will also say that uh, we talked about heart before. The heart of this movie and just the, the emotionality of it is so good. And I cared so much about it. And that was fantastic. And I won't risk Justin hating me any further than that. No, that Can I ask awesome. a question really quick, though? Like, that won't, yeah. it won't spoil anything. Um, Daryl, would you consider this of the... I have to think about this now. 9,000 Spider-Man movies? <laughs> well, it's the, it's the eighth live-action Spider-Man. Uh-huh. So of the nine Spider-Man films that we've had, including Into the Spider-Verse... Is this the number one Spider-Man film? Um, man, that's hard. I, I would probably say it's the one that I cared the most about, but that could also be because it has the history of the MCU behind it. But um, it probably is for me. I mean, I like Tom Holland the best of all the guys that have played Spider-Man. And I think this is the best of the three movies that have had him at the center. So... 
I'd probably say that for me. Yeah. A Spider-Man film. All right. Uh, no, Josh, is it your number one? Just out of curiosity. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. And ho- like Homecoming is probably number two for me. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I meant your number one in this conversation. Oh, no, no, no. I okay. have a, I, I'm totally different than you. Guys. Okay. So I, I just want to, I'll answer your question. I'm, I'm no spoilers in this for, for, for anybody yeah. either. Um, I do not think it is as good as Spider-Verse. Okay. Because Spider-Verse to me is a. It's a comic book come to life. It's, it's, it's something I've never experienced before in my entire life. Like this is animation at, 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 with a, not only just animation, but a story weaved through animation where the animation makes sense to put it in this story in a creativity level that is unbelievable to me. Um, and so I'm super stoked about Spider-Verse, but this is awfully close. <laughs> this is, this is the closest that it's close. come to being a comic book <laughs> live action film. Well, and beyond that, beyond that, there's, there's, um, I'll say, I'll say a couple more things again. I'm not going to spoil this, but I don't Justin think I unplugged his headphones yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I know. Justin's like, I'm out. Um, I will tell you that, uh, it is my second favorite MCU film of all time Whoa. behind guardians of the galaxy. I don't think I've ever spent more time in a theater with, with tears in my eyes than I have with this movie. And I'm just going to leave it at that because it's great it's it's phenomenal <laughs> i'll just say that uh so uh so we'll move on and we'll talk about it later when justin is off so if you if you want to talk spoilers about about spider-man we will do that but it'll be later in this conversation but it is also my number one so josh what is your number one uh my number one is tv show uh it is only murders in the building Ooh. i almost put that on my list that's uh, on my list to watch it is so i won't spoil anything the writing on this show was so phenomenal. Um, you can go back and rewatch it and catch, like, as you as you know the whole arc by the end of the 10 episodes, um, you can go back and rewatch the whole thing and see, because it's a, it's a murder mystery. So you can go back and pick up the clues that they left behind um, as you go forward. But it is so well thought out, written by Steve Martin, which I feel like that just gives it extra kudos for me. Um, <laughs> but... It's written really well. It is a show deliberately trying to appeal to multiple generations. And I feel like it nails that extremely well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, it, the way that they wrote each episode left you with such great cliffhangers. Um, it made me so excited to watch for the next week. Uh, being Another show being released weekly extended out my excitement for that show and i don't know if it would actually be on this list if it wasn't for that like if they dropped all 10 episodes right away um it was just a show that felt so exciting more exciting than anything i'd watched all year long Mm. um and it's great mix obviously steve martin martin short involved it's comedy is almost the i think it makes it one of the best comedy shows or films of the entire year Mm. um on top of being probably the the greatest murder mystery show of all time wow i barely have even heard of it so 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 so, uh, daryl you said you've seen it too and you loved it yeah i mean i love steve martin and martin short Mm. um and if you love them you'll love this because it's totally them but it's also like the freshest, most different 
maybe best thing that either of them have done in a very long time. Wow. Um, and this is uh, not cheaper by the dozen. No, it's not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or the or another father of the bride. Father of the bride. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um. I, I did binge most of it, Josh. My wife was watching it and I didn't come in until I think, I think it was only one more episode that was yet to come out. And so we went back and watched the whole thing and then just waited for that last episode. But I, it's great and it's coming back. So yeah, I'm excited for season two. The great wow. thing too is that it's, it's, and this is great for this audience because it's written to be um, the whole point of the show, and it's why it's called Only Murders of the Building, is because the premise of the show is these three people get together, two older guys and this younger woman, um, who all live in this building, and somebody gets murdered in the building. Mm. And they're all fans of true crime podcasts. So they decide to create a true crime podcast that follows this murder in their building. And so it's, they only follow murders in their building. Um, and and the the piss getting taken out of podcasting and being somebody that does podcasts just brought it up another level because I've <laughs> seen all the tropes. I've heard all of the, you know, like stupid sponsorship type of jokes that go with it. Like it just was perfect in that way. Um, and then, you know, being able to build out this, the only thing I wish they did was actually release a, uh, an actual podcast because they do Ooh. record snippets oh, with the yeah, show. That would be cool. So if they had actually re released the podcast version of it, I would have easily listened to it. It was hilarious. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Um, cool. So that, that was uh, Josh's number one. Mike, it's just up to you, man. What is your number one? So <laughs> that's actually a great segue, Josh. Thanks. Um, my number one is on Apple TV, um, Truth Be Told, which is about true kind of podcasts and i don't know if you guys have seen that but it's um octavia spencer i think is the yeah, she's okay. from the help yeah, anyway, yeah. She's, she, awesome. she's got the pod yeah she has a podcast and basically it's about did you say she was from the hulk the help the, oh, the help yeah, okay the hulk. i was gonna say yeah. i was like it's a bummer you... that anybody would be identified as being from the hulk so i'm, <laughs> I'm glad i heard that wrong i know all you geeks have selective listening <laughs> yeah. out there that's true it's true yeah, that's right <laughs> what superhero movie yeah, yeah. <laughs> the incredible one <laughs> yeah. um anyway it's basically she um the first season is about her reviewing a podcast that she did as a journalist or doing a podcast that she did as a journalist, a story about journalism she did 10 years ago or something like that, mm. where she may or may not have helped to put someone in jail for a murder and kind of reviewing and seeing if that actually, if she was out of line and, you know, kind of pushed the push the police the direction or anyway. So really, really well done. And it's like you mentioned earlier, it's like a, it's like a movie, but it's like a 10 hour movie because you have 10 episodes and it's really just, it's like one of those where you're sitting up at like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, midnight. Okay, just one more. Okay, <laughs> just one more episode. Just one more, you know, it just keeps you on your feet, uh, on the edge of your feet the whole time. And then the second season is, um, I think, just as good as well, too. So I highly recommend it and um, it'll keep you, it'll keep you watching. Nice. Okay, so now what we're gonna do is those those are all of our those are all of our top fives. Um, 
and we're, I don't want to run too long on this podcast. So in the interest of time, um, I'm just going to ask each of you for your honorable mentions and just go down the list. We don't need to explain a lot about it. We can talk about a couple of them after we're all um, done giving those. But Justin, why don't you start? Why don't you just give us all of your honorable mentions that didn't make the top five? Um, a lot of them have already been talked about. Mm. I had the Mandalorian on here, even though nothing was released in 2021 because <laughs> I love that show so oh, much. Oh, it needs to be on every um, list. It's a top five all, every year. <laughs> I'm hoping that uh, the Book of Boba Fett uh, hits it out of the park coming up in a couple weeks. Um, two that I would want to talk about if we have time are The Chosen and The Goes Wrong Show. Mm. Oh, The Goes Wrong Show is hilarious. Golly, I love that show. Interesting. Okay, then we might come back to those. Daryl, what what is uh, what's on your honorable mentions list? Pretty much all the Disney plus Marvel stuff, mm. um, and I have a specific reason for lumping it all into one big clump like that. Which, if you want to talk about that at some point, I will elaborate. Okay, perfect. Josh, what's your honorable mentions? Uh, Encanto is fantastic. Um, Luke is fantastic mm. as far as animation goes. Um, I would also point out Loki would, would be up there for me. Um, and it's not done, so I don't know if it's sticking the landing or not, but Hawkeye, um, Mm. Hawkeye is to your point, the most daredevil show of the, of the Mm. MCU shows. And I love, I love daredevil. Um, and it also, I think Hawkeye's writing is so good because it's connecting so many loose threads that feel like it's fine. Like everything like that along with Spider-Man feels like it's finally putting something together that we can move forward with everything else this year felt like from Marvel shows and TV. It was like, okay, cool. You're doing this, but like, where's this whole thing going? Um, And it felt like Hawkeye's finally pushing something forward. Same with Spider-Man felt like it's pushing something forward. Um, even though all the other shows were setting up the chess pieces to do so. Right. Um, yeah. I, there's so much stuff that came out this year. It's so hard. I did. I saw uh, this will be on nobody's list because it's so not seen by anybody. But there was a, a horror film that came out this year called The Power. Um, mm-hmm. And it's about a nurse that works in London. I believe it's 1974, 75. Um, the true backstory is that there, there was a coal miners strike at that time. And so they actually, to conserve power um, for that, I think like six month period or so in the summer of that year, they actually turned off all electricity in the city of London. Whoa. Um, so this horror film takes place in a rundown um, hospital slash psychiatric ward. Ooh. in 1970s London aesthetically gorgeous film mm. um and they do so well with the darkness lights on lights off kind of thing mm. um the other one that that I would say is really good that a lot of people sh- should see um is last night at Soho I thought mm. that that film mm. if you're a horror film or not not uh horror film lover or not it's I mean aesthetically again beautiful um, harkens back to an older age of Hollywood, but it is also a really interesting thriller and the way that it's shot in, in two stories kind of simultaneously going on at the same time in two different time periods. Um, beautiful film, really well written story. 
is what mm. I would say. So jumping in on two things. I haven't seen Last Night in Soho, but Edgar Wright, I think, is one of the best visual storytellers of yes. this generation. Mm. Um, and then going back to Hawkeye, as someone that has a hearing impairment, it's been really interesting just to see hearing impairment play such a pivotal role in that story. I'm excited for the final episode tomorrow, and I would pay any amount of money to watch Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. Rogers there, the musical could be coming to Disneyland. We'll see. Who knows? I, it's you, gonna, you can buy it's that song on iTunes, oh, Justin. You can buy the Save the City song on iTunes. You can listen for free on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what are your honorable mentions really quick? Um, I don't really have much. You exhausted my list on those five. Oh, perfect. <laughs> um, well, here are mine. I'll give you all mine. Um, and these I didn't even write down because Josh brought up um, documentaries. Uh, the Dissident is a fantastic documentary about the Khashoggi murder um, and how messed up that is. Uh, the Social uh, Dilemma, or what is it called? The Social Dilemma, right? That was really that was, good. Again, that that's a good. film that feels like it's seven years old. Yeah, like, yeah it does. But it came out this year, yeah. That was on the radar. Fantastic, fantastic movie exposing a lot of what's going on there with social media. Um, and then also, uh, I don't remember what the name of this documentary is. It's on HBO Max. It is about the QAnon conspiracy and who's and who is Q, mm, and they go yeah. into a lot of that research. Um, I think it's just called Q. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it is just called Q. But all three of those are things that it would be worthwhile to educate yourself about. Um, and they do a really good job of um, educating you about those things. Not from any particular perspective either, I didn't feel like for me personally. Um, so anyways, those are good. Those are great. Uh, here, here are some that I would also put up there as honorable mentions. Marvel's What If, I felt like was really good. Sporadically, oh, yeah. some of them were better than others, but they're all really good. Um, the movie, uh, the action movie, Nobody, which by the way, is about 10 times better than John Wick and is basically very similar to John Wick. Um, <laughs> oh, that... Those are strong words, Jay. I don't know. Oh, man. If anybody wants to argue about that with me, I would be happy to argue <laughs> about why it's better than John Wick. <laughs> but nobody's really good, and I feel like a lot of people slept on it because every time someone would mention it, they'd go, nobody's awesome. And I'd be like, really? It is? And then I'd go watch it, and it's, I mean, yeah, it's really, really good. Uh, Cruella, I thought, was really good. I was surprised. Um, it was Cruella was getting a lot of hit or miss kind of stuff, but I liked it a lot. Um Dune is one of the most beautiful films of the year. Oh, the fact um, that nobody brought up Dune, that's crazy. Yeah, Dune was phenomenal. Um, I think the part of the problem is, like you felt about Loki, it's half of the story. Um, yeah. So it's kind of hard to put it up there without seeing what happens in the second half. The Harder They Fall, I thought was really fun. That is uh, Idris Elba uh, Western. <laughs> um, really, really fun movie. Uh, Hawkeye, WandaVision, Falcon Winter Soldier. These three, these next three, almost made it into my top five. They were really close to making it into my top five. I already mentioned Luca. Zack Snyder's Justice League almost made it into my top five. Love Zack Snyder's Justice League. And a movie that I don't think is talked about enough, and I need to watch again, is uh, The Suicide Squad. James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Also great. Fantastic movie. Just plenty. Yeah. Was that? That movie's talked about just fine. You didn't like that movie, Daryl? I hated it. Uh, you, You hated it? I hated it. Oh man, it was nice being your friend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, uh, those, those are all of my honorable mentions. Anything else you guys want? Justin, you wanted to talk about the the chosen. Tell, tell me about that. So I, the two shows that I wanted to just talk about for a second. The chosen is a crowdsourced show about Jesus, 
which sounds like it should be the worst thing ever, but it's shockingly good. Um, wow. So that I just wanted to give a shout out for that. And then the Goes Wrong show has probably oh, yeah. brought me more joy than <laughs> any other form of entertainment this last year. It is um, a BBC show that um, a troupe that created a Broadway show called The Show That Goes Wrong went on to create a series called The Goes Wrong Show. And they are weekly stage productions that are filmed live. <laughs> and then just everything goes wrong that you can imagine. <laughs> and it is so enjoyable. Um, so, yeah. What network is that on? What, what service is that on? So on um, it, it used to be on Amazon Prime. Now oh, I think not. you can get it on Amazon Prime if you do the Broadway HD subscription. Um, uh. the, you can find them on YouTube. Um, <laughs> nice. And uh, now you can buy at least the first season on, uh, you can buy it on Amazon, you can buy it on Apple. Um, but it is a joy to watch. That's the awesome. The most frustrating thing about it is that there's so little of it. There's not a whole lot of it. There's there's now a second season. Oh, good. Yeah, that's cool. I'd like um, to drop one more. Um, yeah, because I, I drop it. I, I just remember this and talking about stage productions. Um, interestingly enough, my I think if you were to ask me my top five of 2020 again, uh -huh. um, Hamilton would be on it, right? Like the nice. stage production of Hamilton yeah. that was filmed. There was another stage production that was filmed. This would probably be number six for me. Um, it's called In and of Itself. Really? And, and I don't know if I can say anything more about it. Not because, I mean, I could. Um, it is an extremely difficult show to describe. It's a one-man show. It's by this guy named Derek Delgadio. It was, um, there are several performances filmed and all kind of cut together. But the idea of the show is, is one in and of itself. That's that's why they named it that. Um, absolutely, you will walk away having cried from it. There's wow. no doubt about it. Um, it is an extremely powerful film about community, how we see ourselves, and how others perceive us. Mm. Um, absolutely gorgeous. If you, It's like two hours of your time. If you've not watched it, please go watch it. I've shown it to three other people now. Like I've actually sat with them down and, and watched it. I've watched it four times this year. Um, and I will, anybody who's never seen it, I will literally sit you down and watch it with you because <laughs> it will, we will cry together. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Um, excellent. Well, I'm going to go ahead and cut the show here. Uh, I will say again, I'm super appreciative to everybody who supported the Story Geeks um, for the last five years now. Story Geeks went for five years. Um and I'm very grateful to you all. I am shutting down the Patreon at the end of the month, so there will be no more Patreon. I am moving to a new Patreon for how stories work. So if you if you still want to talk about stories, um, then definitely go support me over there. There will be aftercasts, lots of resources, lots of cool stuff there. But this was a really great transition episode. I appreciate you guys joining me um, on it and recapping. You know, we'll do the same thing next year. It'll just be how stories work with Jay Shear and friends, <laughs> um, which would be really fun. Uh, so the best stories of 2022 coming to a podcast near you. Um, in the meantime, go check out everybody else's uh, stuff. Mike and I will still do some podcasts about Star Wars. Josh has some great podcasts, both with No Midnight Media and what you're doing over there and Modern Mouse. So go listen to what Josh is doing. 
Um, and then anytime that Justin or Daryl can join me, I am very happy with that situation. So with that, have a great, if you're listening to this before Christmas, have a great Christmas. If you're listening to this after Christmas, have a great new year's. And if you're listening to this after new year's, have a great 2022. How about that? <laughs> That's the show. You now know Spider-Man No Way Home is my favorite movie of the year. Like I said before, I am closing the Story Geeks Patreon account and I am opening up a new Patreon account, patreon.com slash how stories work. That will support both YouTube videos and podcasts that I am personally producing. I'll be inviting members of the Story Geeks crew back to have conversations with me, of course, because I have a lot of fun talking to uh, our Story Geeks crew. They're a lot of fun, really close friends of mine. So don't worry, we will have some of them you know, cycling back through, but a lot of this is so I can create some more individual YouTube videos and some other helpful how-to stuff for writers as well. So a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit different content, but a lot of the same stuff. In fact, probably in 2022, we'll be coming back to what were the best stories of 2022 and I'll invite the same people back. So please support me over at patreon.com slash how stories work.